you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The Around the NFL Podcast is a three-time off-season champion. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I come to you from a room that's just filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Hey, it's all been leading to this moment. Nice. Last preview in the studio before we head to Miami. Hey, Rick. Miami. <laughs> I noticed the uh, intro music cut out a little earlier than usual. What was up? Yeah, well, I was just going to fix it and nobody would notice, but now <laughs> it's just, uh, you know. You know. It's part of the show now. Yeah. Uh, that's in my head now. I can't stop thinking how it cut out about three seconds. Yeah, you know, um, sometimes, you know, when you're doing a live production, you got to roll with what you got. And I grabbed <laughs> an old money drop because nothing else was loading. Mm. And turns out whoever the last producer was. Oh. Uh, Ouch. I don't know who it was. It was just uh, someone before me. And <laughs> they cut off the money drop. That's a spicy meatball. A body it, just flung under a bus. Kind of a misdirection play after the second uh, old money drop of the week. But I, I like it. Oh, like it. whoa. There hasn't been a second old money drop of the week. Um, Mark, good to have you oh, back. Thank you. How right are you? Burn. Doing a lot better. We were concerned about you had an eye injury. I had one of those things that I can't explain, but maybe anyone watching this has or has not had it. You get like a thing underneath your eylid, and it's like every time your eye moves, you're feeling like it's being scratched Gotten by a piece before. of wood. Not fun. Was hoping for the eye patch. Yeah. Not, I know. I, this is like the third or fourth person that's mentioned this. Niners will plunder ye old cheese heads. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't walk around with an they eye patch on. Area. Really? You're that. You I seem see, like an eye patch. I know. I feel like if anyone's got to walk with an eye patch, it's you. not. Not. Not good feelings. Bag leg. That concept. <laughs> I can see you in a bag <laughs> leg and an eye patch. I mean, a lot would need to happen between now and that moment. <laughs> All right. Well, it's good to have you back, buddy. Thank you. And. You're on Kevin Stefanski's radar as well, the new head coach. Of the I wasn't Browns. planning for that. To How be are you feeling about that? Result? Right? Well, I don't know if that's truly. I think you know he probably just didn't need anything else thrown on his plate that day, and I did a disservice through through Andrew Siciliano. I didn't. Maybe he will remember because it wasn't you in person. 
You didn't see your face. Oh, hell, maybe let's I'll, listen maybe to I'll it again. Forget. Let's listen to it. Maybe oh, Mark Sessler, Kevin, I'm sorry, who yeah. is a Browns you're gonna fan get away with like this. I was as a kid as well, <laughs> put up on Twitter yesterday, a bearded George Clooney say that you bear a resemblance. Has anyone ever called you Clooney? Uh, not until just this moment, Andrew. How do you feel about that? I got enough on my plate right now to worry about uh, trying to get these Browns back <laughs> to where we want to be. I'm not going to compare myself to any uh, actors, John David or Peter John. I think I need to be. I need to get a list of guys and then make sure that we're okay with it's that. Really, but not the same without the George panic Clooney, look that, in his eyes. Going <laughs> to his Peter PR John Baptiste. Yeah, pinned on him. He one of the resident Browns fans. And two things, <laughs> Siciliano. Not only does he try to throw you under the bus at the end, he he backs the bus up and runs you over but again. At the beginning of the segment, he 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 defines himself as a Browns fan when I was a kid, which is also malarkey. Siciliano's still into the Browns. Very much so. From so, what I from what I understand. I, I thought that, you know, Ooh. I was in the VO booth. I was the next thing on network when that happened. And I was watching and I'm saying, brag. Andrew, Andrew, we might have to address this with Andrew, actually. Now, we've got to be very quiet. <laughs> Up in the clearing, we have the incredibly rare NFL networks. Dan Hansis. I'm lonely. I'm lonely. I'm lonely. Oh, he scared it away. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that was good. Anyway, it was good. It, it was uh, good that it showed that our show is growing, that Stefanski is plugged in on that. <laughs> but I maybe we got to get we got to get Andrew on the horn. I don't know if I want here. to antagonize Andrew. I mean, it's getting my name mentioned on NFL Network. I'm yeah. just going to allow it to Ooh. be any way. Any way that happens yeah, is we, fine with me. We'll so. get Andrew. We should get him. It's been a while. Our, our why old... are you, the two of you, trying well, to why sabotage don't get... anything this side of the desk attempts to do in life? That has never been. How about case. just let what it go? Did, what how about, how about we don't need you to get Andrew? What, did, what, what does Wes have Leave to do? Leave my boy alone. What does Wes have to do? We don't need you well, to well, get. We, well, you, we, need, we need you to get Andrew. I don't think. What so. What we need is to have a little call to uh, Peter. Uh, what's his Peter name? Peter John Baptiste, the uh, John Paul, director, the one of our shadowy links figures, either, and just start setting the groundwork to have Kevin Stefanski on at the owners' meetings. That makes sense. It's you know what it is. It's time to heal. Yeah. And we need to get that done at the order. It went well when we spoke to a Browns coach last year. <laughs> it was a nice talk. All right. Mark Brady, shadowy league figure behind the glass, says he is on it. So we're putting our faith in him. This is Conference Championship Sunday preview on the Around the NFL podcast. We are going to dig into both games. Packers at Niners. Titans at Chiefs. And then we'll do a little halftime hitting some news. Uh, a shocking retirement. Um, a arrest warrant is out there for one of the most famous players in the league. Uh, as of this taping, a lot to get to, um, but let's not um, dance around it anymore. Let's get right into the games and let's start. I would say the game. I don't know. I'm trying to pick what game is more people are more excited about. Compelling. What's more compelling? They both. Hmm. These are two great games. Titans Chiefs is more compelling. Okay, I, I, I could see that. Uh, Packers at Niners is such a, a great game, too. Let's start there, actually. Wes, get get excited. Titans at Chiefs in the back end of the show. We're going to build toward it. Okay. This All is right. the undercard right here. Oh, yes. <laughs> He's excited. You heard it. Uh, so what we'll do here, we'll go through the games. Also, we thought we'd throw in a fun little wrinkle, uh, a segment that we're calling Banged in a Big Spot, comma, How Not to Be. <laughs> so we're going to put out, what would it be, kind of like a uh, some it's just some, something that uh, if this happens to that team, they're going to get banged in a big spot. I like to think of the title maybe 
maybe you take out the comma and it's more like a, a 90s R&B song where it's in parentheses at the end. Oh, I like yes. that too. Parentheticals but, involved. Yeah, yeah, what not to be. <laughs> cool. No key sweat. <laughs> what about all lowercase letters? I liked when that was yeah. a mix too. Got to bring back that. All right. Bear, uh, Packers up to 14-3. and three. They're the two seed. Uh, the the Niners, of course, 14-3. They are the one seed, so the game will be played at the big bell bottom. And why don't we start here, Mark Sessler, since you are healthy and ready to really, you know, you're, you're doing some tape dogging yourself. And, you're, and your are, family is a 49ers family. They are. They are, very much so. So your rooting interest is very clear here, I would imagine. You want the family to be happy. But here's the thing. If you're a Packers fan, you're talking yourself into a big win. But what about that Week 12 blowout loss that the Packers suffered 37-8? to And that's almost too kind, that score. If you remember how ugly that game was, how much do you think that game plays into uh, this game? Or is it too ancient at this point to even matter? It's not ancient. I, I definitely hear people over and over discounting that game almost entirely in the, this during this week's analysis that it it's so long ago it doesn't matter. I, I would just say from a team function standpoint, two of the bigger no shows that the Packers had this season were that Niners game eight to thirty seven that loss and weeks prior when they went to the West Coast you know, and eight got to thirty seven thirty seven to eight. That's, they got. They went. To, that's another way out. to say it. That's another way to say it. I mean, they went and got <laughs> totally ripped apart by the Chargers, twenty-six to eleven. Two total no shows. So I don't want. I don't twenty-six. I don't put too much into the travel to the West Coast thing, except it seems to be the la- the, t- the two times that the, that the Packers have not shown up, and that that concerns me a little bit. I think for me, if we want to talk about, let's get it kicked off. How, you know, banged in a big spot, how, comma, or in parentheses, how not to be? Yeah. <laughs> the last time this, they went into San Francisco, and both teams relatively healthy, Aaron Rodgers got ransacked. Five sacks that the, the Niners defensive line contri- completely controlled that matchup. They didn't, it was, it was Aaron Rodgers essentially, in many statistical metrics, his worst game by far. They just, they were completely taking control of up on the line. I don't know how much is going to change now that you have Quan Alexander back, who made a big difference last week, that he helps Steve Ford be so much more involved and active. And the two of them completely flipped the switch on this defense. Minnesota came in, and we were all aglow about the Vikings and their ground game and what they could do with their big plays with Thielen back and stuff. And instead, they were completely neutralized. If you want to have any shot in this game, don't get banged in a big spot by having Aaron Rodgers running for his life like he was last mm-hmm. time, where your every receiver not named Devontae Adams pulls a no-show, and you've got the same sort of situation you did with Dalvin Cook, where at halftime, he is, you, if you look at someone like Aaron Jones, he's not gotten unhooked at all, and they are getting, they're a one-dimensional offense when Matt LaFleur wants to be a ground-based attack. I mean... I believe the Packers are dealing with some injury issues on the line for that game. Bulaga. There was an illness involved, I believe, also that week. Bulaga was replaced by Alex Light. David Bakhtiari, who's their all-pro left tackle, was coming off of an injury, although he, did, injury. he did play in that game. And Light did hurt them. You, you just have to play better. I mean, I, I agree you shouldn't throw it all out. I think it's a sign that the 49ers have been the better team all year. Are, they are obviously the more talented team. I think they're the better coach team. The Packers have been blown out three times. All three of their losses, they weren't that competitive. That, that never happened to the 49ers. That said, it's one game in, in an entire season, and it's the NFL where I still think the margins are relatively small, and I wouldn't expect anything like that 
this time because I think the Packers are actually match up okay in terms of their offensive line has a shot. You know, if Bulaga's out there, they've got as good a tackle pairing as there is in the league. They have as much continuity uh, as any offensive line in the league. They've got a very good center. If there is a, a line that can do something against San Francisco, this is it. And people say you, you can't beat uh, San Francisco without a mobile quarterback. I think Aaron Rodgers can be a more mobile quarterback when he wants to be. He's not He's not old Aaron Rodgers, but he's also not Kirk Cousins back there. You know, you, 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 do, old you do have a guy who can make some plays out of structure. Aaron Rodgers. That's coaching 101 to say the previous result, blowout, doesn't matter. But teams losing by 20 or more points and then meeting the same team again in the postseason have lost 13 in a row. Mm. That's a pretty big trend. That's not a small sample size. And the same defense that gave Aaron Rodgers the lowest yards per attempt of his career in this previous matchup showed up last week against Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. And after rewatching that game, I don't even blame Kirk Cousins. There was... He didn't leave any plays on the field. There was nothing there to be done. This defense was swarming. They erased, bullied, and took Dalvin Cook's lunch money. They kept everything in front of the sticks and swarmed the pocket, like reminded me of the Cowboys' front seven down the stretch last year. Everything is in front of the sticks. They suffocate you like a cobra, and there is nothing to do against this defense unless you're running misdirection, trick plays. They've got The Packers have to get somebody besides Devontae Adams to show up. Hmm. I mean, Aaron Jones would be that guy. They are a very tough team to get to the outside of. And I think you hit on it, sort of, how swarming they are. I feel like Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw are... They're there on every play. ...the two most underrated guys on this team. And they're they're just such a great tackling team. And that's what reminds you of the old Seahawks team, which Robert Sala came from, is they they tackle. Nick Bosa hits you. Jimmy Ward hits you. Warner hits you. I mean, Quan Alexander came back last week. They couldn't really play him that much because he wasn't nearly as good as the other two linebackers. And he's probably going to be healthier this week. Dre, you know, D Ford comes back last week and you have the luxury to kind of use him for 20 to 25 snaps. When they put that four defensive line grouping in where it's Armstead, Ford, Buckner, and Bosa. I mean, that's the scariest. Good night. So all first-round picks. It's the scariest lineup you got, and you don't have to blitz, and you do these you know, stunts, which the, the Packers have struggled with a little bit, and you have to communicate. I mean, that'll test you. I'm just saying I think the Packers have a top-five offensive line. So if, if, if any, and Bakhtiari especially is playing a lot better than he was back then. So if any team's going to be set up to slow him down, I think it's one with a, a Hall of Fame quarterback and a good offensive line. I don't see a blowout because I think we also started to see Aaron Rodgers last game especially start to do some things that you know have our entire newsroom on fire when they watched the way he threw the ball late in that game I just I feel like this is the last team the Packers left with out of playmaking tight end you have Jimmy Graham who is essentially fading into the distance paired with Mercedes Lewis that was a nice that was that went well for them this season like I just want to see someone show up about Sternberger no I just think someone's got to show up on this offense because it can't just be this time around you've got Richard Sherman will see a lot of Devontae Adams. It's not going to probably be the whole game, but you you would take if you erase him or remove him to half his productivity. Like who else is stepping up in this attack? How not to get banged if you're the Niners? I feel like the Niners ah. are the team I'm most confident about this weekend. Uh, so I did have to think about it. The only thing that really jumps out to me a little, and I don't want to be that guy, uh, but I will be a little bit, is. Jimmy G is always – he's good for one or two bad throws a game and usually one kind of pick that's like, ooh, that's a head scratcher. Um, last week. Uh, and we saw it last week, and, and I don't want to put too much on 
how the offensive game plan shifted in last week's game because they were running the ball really well, the Niners were against the Vikings, and their defense was swallowing up uh, Kirk Cousins and company. So it made sense to just keep hammering them with the run. Uh, But after that bad pick Garoppolo threw, it seemed like Kyle Shanahan maybe went to the run more and that kept working, and Garoppolo finished with uh, 19 pass attempts uh, for the whole game, 131 yards. You look at like how the Ravens lost last week with um, falling behind, having to get away from their glorious ability to run the ball with a healthy Mark Ingram, Jackson shredding you with his ability on the ground, and then the pass kind of finishing teams off. If you have to put the, if you can get ahead of the Niners, get off to a fast start like the Packers did last week, and then put it on Jimmy G. Does he make the type of mistakes that could lead to a pick six or a huge play going the other way? And remember that the but the Packers have a very good pass rush as well. And we know we have Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Kenny Clark. According to uh, Next Gen Stats, uh, pass, ru- uh, pass rusher's pressure rate, Zadarius Smith is first in the NFL at nearly 15%. Preston Smith is eighth. Kenny Clark is 23rd. These are guys that are going to be getting after it. Kenny Clark has basically been Aaron Donald for the past two months in ter- terms of sacks and hurries. His rate of sacks and hurries is where Aaron Donald's been all year. So that 23rd is probably more like a top 10, top 5 number in the last 10 weeks. And he's going against a backup center, Ben Garland. Kyle Shanahan has said the center position in my offense is more important, way more important than it is in most offenses. Ben Garland is in the spotlight this week, and the last time we saw him, he was yelling at Mark Sessler at the Super Bowl, Mark Sessler's my hero. Mm. <laughs> what is the context there? What's the backstory? Well, we went on that trip together. The, the same as with all these other Oh, players. yes. I actually yeah. texted back and forth to him a little bit, and I, feel, I just feel like he's very confident that the whole team feels. <laughs> so my, my, it's a mismatch, though. To put a bow on it. Yeah, but he's playing well. Put Jimmy G on the spot to have to make plays and then send that great pass rush after Jimmy G and – Things can go sideways for them. I, I do think that's... You can get banged. I think that's the recipe for them because the 49ers pass-blocking win rate, which is kind of a new a new uh, fangled stat ESPN's been rolling with. New fangled. It is 26th in the NFL. And I and a lot of that is because they were missing their tackles for you know part of the year and they're back now. But it's kind of typical of their whole team. They're better at run blocking. They are the perfect Kyle Shanahan... You know, old Denver Broncos run blocking attack. Mike McGlinchey is maybe the perfect example. He's probably an all pro when it comes to run blocking. He's okay pass blocking. I mean, if it's if it's Zedaria Smith versus him one on one, that's a win for Smith. And I think you saw even in the first matchup, even though it didn't go very well, they did throw a few blitzes at Jimmy G, which confused him. I do not think this is a game. Um, that Mike Pettin's going to be able to sit back there. They're not a team that does a lot in terms of blitzes. They're just kind of back. I think they're going to have to mix it up quite a bit, not just rely on the guys up front, try to confuse Jimmy G. And to your point, Dan, make Jimmy G beat you. I mean, that's got to be the the plan, that beat, beat us in the passing game. They do show that when certain metrics when you when Jimmy G makes mistakes and he's made a share of them this season that a lot of times it has to do with an intermediary level linebacker athletically diagnosing where, what Jimmy G is going to do with it and Jimmy G not seeing that on his own but that helps when you have Michael Kendricks I don't know if the Packers have no, that they don't. player they might have the opposite Michael is, Kendricks was a huge difference in that last game which is a total weakness in Blake Martinez I mean Blake Martinez got got embarrassed a little bit when they first played Kyle Shanahan if he's if he reminds me of anyone, it's a little bit like McDaniels 
sometimes where if he sees whatever your weakness is, he'll just he'll just go after it over and over and over and over again. And Blake Martinez is that guy. Maybe Kevin King is that guy. And you have so many different guys. If you're the 49ers, you can throw at them. I mean, it's Kittle over the middle. It's Coleman or, or Mostert as, a, as a wide receiver. It's Debo. It's Samuel. I mean, their whole team is in the middle. And that is, that is a problem. Yeah, and since week 11... Or since week seven, excuse me, the nine or the Packers have given up the fourth most yardage to tight ends. Mm. So I feel a big George Kittle game coming because I think you just you force feed the ball to Kittle no matter what on the biggest possible stage you've been here been in all year. And they couldn't stop him the first time these two teams met. He's practicing fully on Thursday. The ankle doesn't seem to be a huge issue. It's funny to me. The way games end really influence how we see them the next week. Midway through the third quarter last week, the Packers were enjoying a much bigger blowout than the 49ers were. They yeah. were destroying the Seahawks. And the way they allowed Russell Wilson to come back, now we think a little bit less of the Packers. But that game could have easily gone a different way. Because, well, cause partly because it's their MO. 49ers have had these games where they squeeze the life out of opponents. And so that sticks with you. I mean, they did it to the Rams. They certainly did it last week. They, they did it to the Packers. They've had those games. Whereas the Packers... They don't blow on anyone almost. They they always make it, except for the Vikings. I mean, similarly in Week 16, they, yeah. they squeeze the life out a of them. A banged up Vikings team. Right, yes. but they they tend to make it interesting. I think I don't think that's the worst thing for this Packers team because if there's anything that you get listening to them, and there's only so much value in that, I do think they're comfortable in these close games. They've been in so many of them over and over. And I, and I liked what Aaron Rodgers said this week at the podium. He thought the biggest change they've had is in practice kind of cutting down the mental errors. That's He thought the last six weeks where they're not making as many big-time mistakes. He thinks they've kind of grown up in this system a little bit after a year, and, and you can kind of see that on the field. Do you think that playing quarterback for Kyle Shanahan has replaced being quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys as one of the best jobs in America? Oh, yeah. I paid. feel like he makes Jimmy G's job so easy. And I I like Jimmy G, but Roger's best is much better than Jimmy G's best. Speak on it. And that's why this is such a fun game. I just love uh, Aaron Rodgers back in this spot, this huge stage, championship Sunday stage. And it makes the the Packers, for me, even though Keith Hansis disagrees, I don't like his face. Um, <laughs> I I just love certain guys. Like another guy me and Keith Hansis disagree with on is uh, LeBron James in the NBA. I love LeBron James in big spots. I love when the everyone's the whole world's watching him in a big game because his, there's always a chance for something very special to happen because he's one of the greatest of all time, and that's what Aaron Rodgers is. That said, however, um, I love the 49ers in this game, and I have to say that the Jimmy G, I just brought up the banging possibility of Jimmy G, but it's also possible in this game ah. with um, Garoppolo. We've seen games this year where he's looked like Joe Montana, and it's like it's almost unfair when he's humming and you have all these other things uh, that they do so well, the Niners. They're just the best team in the league when that happens. And at home, feeling good, feeling mm. confident, would I be totally stunned if they're just rolling up and down the field on the Packers? Um, no, no, I of would us not. Did. And I know that you're up on me in two games, two games in this head-to-head matchup, and I don't know if you were planning to lock up the Niners. I'm not even going to mess with it. I'm going to lock up the Niners. Look at that. And I am oh, going yeah. to say, let us roll to Miami. I am also locking up the 49ers. Miami. <laughs> Thank you, Colleen. <laughs> and when I said this game is not as compelling as Titans-Chiefs, there's one big reason. 
what this game is missing is 2013 Jimmy Graham or 2014 Jordy Nelson. They need a playmaker other than Devontae Adams in the passing game, and they don't really have one. That's Except on their Aaron wish list. Jones. How about, how about 2016 Jeff Janis? Just someone randomly <laughs> steps up. Lazard. Who was well, that's back what they need, though. Right. They, they, need they somebody don't have that, the firepower. They need an MVS to magically become a guy. They need Geronimo Allison. Your boy, Greg. Alan Lazard has to have 140 yards. Is this possible? Yes, this stuff happens all the time in sports. Well, but they kind of need somebody to have some type of effort that you did not see coming. I've got someone for you. How about 2011 Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he he can make any of those Wait people around him look better. I'm still mad at you for saying that Patrick Mahomes is better. Well, right. By the okay, way, it's prove 2020. Me wrong. We need to be fair about that. Okay, that's a long time. He's had a couple. How about 2014, Aaron Rodgers? I'll take. So, him I mean, too. still kind of a long my, time. Ago, my point, and and I admit it's it's heavily influenced by wishful thinking because I want this to be a close, great game, and I think like you, it, it could be very one-sided, and I do enjoy watching Aaron Rodgers like you, that his career, Aaron Rodgers, and you can even see it when you hear him talk, it, he always seems to be like searching for balance, like in life and on the football Aren't field. We all, Greg? I know, but he really seems <laughs> into it, and, and for him, I think it's the balance Good whiskey. between making plays inside the structure of the offense and making plays on his own. And sometimes that balance gets really out of whack, whether he holds the ball, how long you know he holds the ball or not to make a play. I thought last week he seemed very much in balance, that he held it when he needed to. He the made some way. plays on his own when he needed to. And uh, there is just part of the Aaron Rodgers mystique that I like to think when he picked up that 14-yard run last week, that was a sign that he's nice. going to use his legs. Where he had a little bit of that. Is he you know, gonna that old uh, that no, old uh, that 14? No, I'm not doing that old uh, wrestling belt move. You know, championship uh, belt. Yep. That he's just feeling it, and that there's a chance we see that all-time great in the toughest spot possible against a really tough defense. Play lights out and put on a show, and make it a lot of fun. You know what, what it feels what like learned, a little bit though? A little that's, bit. It's wishful go, thinking, but that's what I think is possible. He's an comparison. All-time. I already brought up LeBron, LeBron, Jack Nicholas at the 86 Masters. I that's mean, what he's I feel not like that I'm old though. Here. I think that guy's he, gone. That guy was 46. I think that guy's gone. And I'd um, love to see him back. He's, Aaron, By the way, Aaron Rodgers isn't that far away. He still, he Aaron Rodgers that is five years game. younger than Tom Brady was when he threw for about 500 yards in the Don't Super Bowl. Don't get me started on that guy. The bodies are in completely different places, too. And I, I've, well, I've learned anything that Greg gets super excited and hot for by like mid-Thursday – just think the opposite because oh, it yeah. is we, he's too caught up in his feelings and telling us right, about Aaron you're Aaron Rodgers needs to find more balance in life. You have no idea what's happening inside of the mind of Aaron Rodgers. And I've listened to a bunch I hear of you with some podcasts. of this. I hear you he with knows. some of this stuff, but that I mean, we're asking Mark. for Aaron Rodgers from half a decade to show up. My issue is that there's just not week. enough around him. To it, part it is part of what what's around him, and and could I see Alan Lazard having an 88 yard touchdown in this thing to tie it up in the fourth quarter? Yes. Is it predictive? Is it the thing that we can look at what they've done and say this You'd is probably so what's going to happen? That happened. You guys, are, I wouldn't the game be mad. Is over, I right. And then all of a sudden, well, Lazard goes Packers. 88. Well, that's not you, true. That's not true. Segment, but I, I don't. What I know. What I'm not into the Packers. That was a year ago, and that's because they were a boring team that needed to get out of our way. They are not a boring team this year. They're they have done a lot. With a little on offense, especially, but I just don't need to like 
wish cast or hero worship Aaron Rodgers based on where he was six years ago. Well, I want to. You guys are crazy the way straight. you're talking about Aaron Rodgers. I'm not that down As on him. But it like, was like two years ago that he made that throw to Jared Cook and dispatched right. the Cowboys, and it was one of the best throws we've ever seen. He played a perfect and game last week. he's made like that, and he's had games like that this year. Right. He basically sure, had that game last fine. week. He I needs mean, to be even better, but he was on the field with Russell Wilson, and they went toe-to-toe, and they were equals. And if he's that far ahead of... He's better than Russ last If he's that far ahead of his opposition, Jimmy G, this week, they got a shot. That's he's got to be saying. better than he I was last week. I admit I'm wish I'm sorry. I mean, they, they scored... They didn't score another point after early in the third quarter. That was an incredible two and a half quarters by Rodgers. I think he needs to deliver truly vintage, like right. goat level Rodgers to win this. I believe free, it. I believe in greatness, and I do think the 49ers defensive line is is great, but uh, they they've got to beat someone who's been in this situation a lot more. Gonna lock it up. No. Who are you picking? Come on, Aaron Rodgers. I, I took the 49ers. 2011. I took yeah. the Packers to cover, and I took the 49ers to win by four. I it, they're they're better. Every logical thing. What about Aaron Rodgers? The balance that he's seeking. What if he's what if he achieves that balance on a Sunday in Santa Clara? I will enjoy it. Touch him again. I will enjoy it. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Dan's been touching me. Erica asked me to touch him again. Was that on mic or was that just in my ear? And no, that, that was, was on mic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you he was like, you know, for those that aren't watching our YouTube video show, that's on you. But Dan yes. was pointing and touching Greg, and Greg was just moving away, making these little like faces. Erica typically <laughs> whispers away. sweet nothings in my ears through every podcast we ever did. Yeah, I didn't realize ten that one to twelve was live. times. Michelle, let's pick the game, Mark. Uh, 27-21 Niners over yeah. a very close Packers team in overtime. After all that, it's an uh, overtime. You know also, Mark, you're getting killed by Packers fans. You told us that, and now you're you're backing off and you're getting on the Wish fence. Casting. You you're just, getting on the fence. I you just, just put them in overtime on the road. Them that, to would, lose. That, that would be one of the You best. don't believe in this Packers team. the two team. of you kindly shut up? <laughs> you don't it believe. is so ponderous. You uh, just put them in why overtime. Why did I come into work today? So ponderous <laughs> to listen to you two. I've got 49ers 33, Packers 27. Oh, okay. Everyone's got it competitive. Uh, That's only because I believe in Aaron Rodgers. I really think it's going to be more like 33 to 13. 35, 24 mm. Niners. Yeah, I got 30 to 26 Niners. Nice offensive game. All right. Let's uh, let's hit halftime. Halftime. Halftime to do something. Some news. Charles Mahomes. Who? Uh-uh. What was that? <laughs> What just happened? Erica, why don't you explain what that is? Uh, yeah, that was a news drop, which the audio version contained no information. Well, actually, it did because we had uh, marshmallows. Mark and I did the Chubby Bunny contest this morning, and it's on our Instagram, the ATN podcast, where we were shoving as many marshmallows that we could in our mouth and saying players that were playing in championship weekend. What is the Chubby Bunny contest? I'm going to party with you, Cowboys. Yeah. It's one marshmallow at a time, and then you pull a name out of a cup and try to read it, and it's easy with one, but then... Erica nearly threw up upon the fourth marshmallow. I did, yeah. White throw this up is like, material. This is like our other podcast we do together, the uh, the Jessalynick and Rosenthal Vanity Project. Erica. Every week she suggests us do we do a viral, you know, sensation video, and never once has that idea passed. And now you stuck it into this one. Yeah, well. <laughs> Wait, one way to pitch it, Greg. Greg, you're so fun to be around. <laughs> All right, let's get into the news. Let's start. We have uh, Tiffany Blackman, I believe, joining us in a little bit um, to talk about this huge story coming out of Charlotte. Uh, Panthers linebacker Luke Keekley is retiring after eight seasons. Uh, he announced it uh, in a very 2020 way via 
a video message posted online. Uh, he had this to say, it's never the right time to step away, but now is the right time for me. It's a tough decision. I've thought about it a lot. Um, and he went on to say, um, there's only one way to play this game since I was a little kid. It's to play fast, play physical, and play strong. And at this point, I don't know if I am able to do that anymore. And that's the part that makes it the most difficult. Keekley's 28 years old. Uh, he is a seven-time Pro Bowler, a five-time first-team All-Pro. In 2013, and was just his second year in the league, he won Defensive Player of the Year. And this was a stunner, Greg. Um, we know he's had concussion issues in the past, and there was that one um, especially kind of chilling incident in a primetime game where he was getting carted off after a head injury against the Saints, I believe, and he had tears streaming down his face. But this past season, he played all 16 games for Carolina, uh, had 144 tackles and two picks. Uh, so he didn't have any injury that cost him time, and yet he decides now to walk away. Uh, what were your initial feelings? That pound for pound, I think he's the best inside linebacker of the last two decades that I've seen like, get drafted and started their career, basically. Better uh, than Ray Lewis. In the la- yeah, since I started car- – since, the yeah, the last two decades. He was from the 90s. But, I mean, yeah, I would say – I would take him over Bobby Wagner, take him over Patrick Willis. And it's a shame that I think probably the two guys right near the top of their list, him and Willis, didn't make it to their age 30 season. And that Keekley had everything that you could want out of the position, Uh, you know, rookie of the year, defensive player of the year. And that for someone who obviously loves the game as much as he does, it must have taken like a lot of courage and a lot – um, of difficulty to make a decision like this. And all you can do is kind of applaud him for doing that because I think it had to be so tough and no one really knows the entire story behind the scenes, but I don't think he would be doing this unless he felt like it was really necessary. Yeah, he reminds me so much of Patrick Willis, both of whom I think are definite Hall of Famers. They were the best at their position for you know almost a decade. And I would throw Brian Urlacher in that mix as guys from this century who were great middle linebackers. When I think of Keekley, I think back to our first year of the podcast when we had the team of ATL, and the reason why we did it was because Greg and I would watch the Panthers and come away raving about Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis and the ground they were covering, the range they had, and then you watch Keekley for the next six, seven years and just astonished that he knows what the play is before the snap. More than any linebacker I've ever seen, he reads the offense's intentions and his instincts were on point. I think for me, it's just that we call it a stunning announcement and a stunning turn of events, but maybe it's just because we've heard every type of NFL news story at this point. I, I don't think that retirements at this age need should be viewed as stunning. We've, we've, gotten, we've gotten so many more of them from not fringe players, but star players at this point that the long the days of the 15 year NFL career are probably largely over for players that could have played much longer than they did. I think that you're when it was a stunner when Jim Brown retired still at the peak of his powers and Luke Keekley is right there too and it's not a money thing he's got a, he's walking away from a ton of cash if you look at his cap hit that it's a life decision and playing into your mid 30s as a defensive player taking multiple hit injuries is not viewed as a smart choice by anyone at this point, by these players. I, Thomas Davis is doing it. I'm just saying it's not stunning when when we, we're going to get five more of these in the next well, year. Well, and too. someone who very publicly struggled with concussions that looked severe, and I know they didn't announce any concussions this year, and the league does a better job of helping out players that get concussions, but 
I, I think if you listen to players, I think it's obvious that they suffer far, far more concussions, especially the ones that are prone to it, than we know about. Or, or there's a, a middle ground between concussion and whatever struggles he's dealing with on a weekly basis and in a life basis. And this is a life choice. I mean, I don't think it's because he, you know, his fingers weren't hurt. It's he's worried about his long-term future. Hall of Famer. I think so. Yes. Yeah. I think we're going to need to look at hall of famers differently. If you're going to get more and more players walking away from an extra three or four years on their career. Well, Willis, I think is already eligible and he hasn't even made the finalist list, which is crazy to me. Keekly, I think would be a, a slight tier above, uh, Willis, but you could certainly argue the other way, and uh, you know I, I understand that. But the fact that he made first team All Pro five times that gets you in. I He's mean, got a, t- a DPOI, which is big. I right. I hate the idea that these guys that get two All Pros in their career, and there's a, a decent amount of them in the Hall of Fame, but stick around for 14 years. Are, are, all uh, pros aren't uh, everything. Immediate, it's they're not everything. Sometimes you but have the bad key- luck to be at the same position. As another okay. great player at the same time. And just because you – I mean, some positions, you're right there with the first guy. It's kind of like someone. it's kind of like the Jimmy Johnson and Bill Cower were two coaches that just got in. Give me the Jimmy Johnson. Right. Give me the one who changed the game. That that anyone watching could say Keekly was at the very top of the game when he was in it. All right. Here's some reckless spec- speculation I'm going to throw out there. Mark, you made the point. He's walking away from a ton of cash. Mm-hmm. Wes, you made the point that he's an expert at diagnosing plays in real time. I will add that he's photogenic, kind of looks like Superman. This is a time where there's reports circulating that certain networks are uh, mm-hmm. looking for talent to be uh, being become a color analyst for a game. I just don't be stunned if uh, he gets connected to this somehow. I don't know if that's even a path he wants to walk down, but we just heard that uh, the report that we talked about on Tuesday show that Tony Romo uh, might be moving to ESPN. I wonder if Keekley and part of the decision maybe because you can make a ton of money, as we know, from doing broadcasting, so you're not going to lose a lot of money ultimately. He'd that's be, just a side thing. He'd but. somewhat be leapfrogging Greg Olson, who I think has done an awesome job when he's been on broadcast. Yeah, Tiffany Blackman spoke about who will not be with us? Keekly uh, on the network, and you know, she pointed out how he's not on social media. How he he's the nicest guy behind the scenes, but really stays away from the limelight. And it really sounded like he wanted to stay involved in football in some way. Mm. I think broadcasting feels like that wouldn't be the type of thing that a guy who is always trying to avoid a microphone and and being in the spotlight. Would Greg be. is down on your theory, Dan. From what I I'm think hearing, Dan, no, I, 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 there was some talk about like coaches. <laughs> Maybe he would co- he would be a coach. That, or, that could make or sense. Involved too. in a GM can't make as much money as a coach no. though as you can uh, in the CBS no. chair. Just reckless speculation, as I said. I like it. Great, uh, great player, great career. Luke Keekley walks away at age 28. Wes. Let me read this quote from Thomas Davis to Tiffany Blank- Blackman because this is about as, as effusive as teammate praise gets. He was the best teammate that I've ever had on any level, easily the nicest guy off the field you'll ever meet, and the most fierce competitor you'll ever meet. The game is truly going to miss Luke. That's a great player talking about another great player. And the Panthers as a team – we already know they have the new head coach and Matt Rule, Cam Newton up in the air. Now Luke Keekley, the face of that defense, is gone. It is a whole new era uh, in Charlotte. Uh, in other news, New Orleans police on Thursday issued a an arrest warrant for Browns wide receiver Odell Beckham on a complaint of simple battery. Uh, Odell made his presence known at the 
um, national championship game, uh, the college game between LSU and Clemson. LSU is where Beckham went to college. Uh, there was the uh, much uh, reported on um, element of the night where Beckham was handing out money to LSU players after the game. Uh, but that is not has nothing to do with what this uh, warrant is about. Video surfaced uh, showing Beckham, Beckham slapping the buttocks of a Superdome security guard uh, in the LSU locker room after the game. The New Orleans Police Department Public Affairs um, confirmed that they, you know, they have issued an arrest warrant. So Beckham has got himself in a little bit of a mess. And uh, if you watch the video, it's, you know, it just, it's just typical Beckham stupidity. Quite frankly, in my opinion, that's. Oh, I yeah. I think the security guard put that guy in jail for wasting our time and money <laughs> and not using a modicum of common sense throughout the whole situation. I mean, just please a little common sense in your police work or your security guard work. Put that guy in jail for wasting our time. Um, that's a terrible take. What? What? Please. What is he got? What is he got touched on the butt? By the please. way, what does that have to do with your feeling on what he did as a security guard? Have to do with Beckham. In, a, in an animated fashion, reaching back and slapping the guy in the ass and embarrassing him. It's uh, not an way, assault. It's just that it's very disrespectful. It, right, but, I, right that, but that guy doesn't need to be in there trying to shut down but in a controlled environment. That's what security guards do. I mean, what? Right, but is it a crime? I get your. No, you're not it's happy. not a crime. Well, of that's, course. That's, that's what he's being charged with. He's being charged with a crime. Right. Is it something that he's he should get in serious trouble of, for? No. No, and nor no. should the security guard be in there doing that in the first place. Yeah, well, you know. That's what security guards do. Everybody knows that's what security guards do. They, they make themselves take, useful in their They mind. don't take into account common sense that people work their whole lives for this moment and they want to enjoy it with a cigar and instead you blow it out of proportion like this? Give me a break. Well, a second security guard came in from what I read and allowed the players right. to then start smoking cigars. So Thank the rules you. are shaky. And, I mean, if you're Beckham... What do you need to insert yourself into the situation this way and be, you know, part of the news cycle? I would prefer that did not happen to him, but I, I don't think he, I don't, I don't consider it like, being a crime. Treat, it just was a bad look. No, it's not about a. To me, it's just like treat people with respect and dignity. I think that goes for the security guard too. And the, the security guard w- was kind of doing more than he should have. I agree right. with that, but he also he wasn't trying to. He wasn't actively trying to put. On, hands behind people's backs. He was just, just being ignored by the players, which I understood why they did that. Uh, but, you know, yeah, if you want to come after a security guard, that to me is just wrongheaded because to me, the real... Just like whatever happened to Gary Beckham. Cooper. You got slapped on the butt. You know, calm down. Get get out of your yeah. feelings. Yeah, whatever happened to Gary Cooper. I I mean, fine. Beckham was fine for doing that. Look, I mean, you Be- guys Beckham win. Beckham should have used mean, comments. I don't know. I honestly don't have a hot... T- I get, I get people are annoyed by it. This doesn't seem it's, like something to get I'm just surprised her. that it's a legal thing based on right. what that's we it. saw. Was it, also, was it a good look for this Beckham? This also no. reminds me of this is what, it, uh, this is what Odell Beckham is, is best at. It, it, once upon a time, I thought it would be as like a superstar wide receiver that's winning championships. He's more about... Look, at, get the camera on me. I want to be the star of whatever viral sensation this is. This guy used to be a really promising all-time potential. Maybe he still can be that guy, but I am so sick of this guy. I don't think his potential is harmed by touching a security guard. When's the last time this guy made a big play in a game that mattered? That, I'd love to know that answer. Because well, we used to blame on Eli Manning. I mean, yeah, but he's been on like five or six teams in a row that simply didn't matter. So that's, what, you know. What did we blame on Eli Manning? The fact that Odell, Battle, Odell Beckham was one of the most productive wide we receivers blamed, the game has ever seen. We were saying he was being held back by Eli. Oh, uh, okay. Erica, do you have a, a take on this? 
I just I think it's disrespectful and he's handing out money, which is putting people in, in jeopardy. I think just the whole spectacle, I agree with you, Dan. Like it's just why can't I mean, he's you operating as a clown. But that also whole night, what if what if that security guard criminal. was a woman though? And we the entire narrative wasn't. I know, but if it was touch a woman. Right, but if it just touching someone else in a security job who's like doing their minimum wage job, just doing what they're told, like it's I don't think it's a it's a crime. Just but following also, orders isn't okay. Like, True. We threw that out a long time ago. Use right. common sense. But if I'm going around slapping people on the ass that are trying to tell me to do something, it, it's not a good look on me. So I don't think it's a good look. I mean, on what if it was your no, dad? Not- what if it was your your brother, your uncle that's getting slapped? Like they wouldn't. That. My dad would they'd use be, common sense. No, that's see, you're you're conflating the two issues. He he was, but they're charging him with a crime. But yeah, like, a, that would that wouldn't not happen if they're that. in most. We're not that's the only reason that. it's a story. If this guy policed right? better, then we wouldn't be talking about it. He's not a policeman. He's a security If he secured guy. better, we That's what be he was trying to do. No, he wasn't using common sense. No one says you have to act like Barney Fife in a small town when you're a security guard. You can use common sense. I just could not disagree more. Okay. All right. Anything else in the news? The champ is in. Oh, oh for heaven's sake. The champ is in. That's the final bit of news. Good timing, too. This commercial's back. That's it. That's the only news I have for you on that. It's been back. We've, Why it, does it need It to went be? away for the holidays, and it's back. And it turns out everyone who thought, ooh, the champ isn't here. Actually, the champ was lying in the weeds while you were getting fat and happy during your holiday season. And now the champ is here. See, I cannot tell if you Back. two actually at this point even care for that song, other than the fact that you annoy, you know that Wes and I are annoyed by it. Well, America's annoyed you, I by it. I don't think that you actually like the song. I think you're onto something, but it, it sticks. <laughs> it sticks in your head. I mean, I, it I, does. And I naturally, I, I naturally, you know, was slapping the desk uh, for months just because it sticks in your head, and and it was working. That wasn't to annoy you, but it, that was. I, I mean, worked, it was though. a nice bonus. It's the bonus was achieved. <laughs> but there's a reason the the league brought brought it back because there's like when we got a hit, right? Bring the hit back. It's like the Peloton ad with the scared lady. The, with the, the scared lady, they made that the commercial go away. Head. Right. Like, this is not working. The champ is here. It works. And we make the, the Baker Mayfield commercials go away in, in place of this one, at least. <laughs> That's got to be coming to a close. Um, all right. Let's move on. Halftime over. What a spirited halftime it was. A lot, a lot for uh, J-Lo and Shakira. To try to live up to here, <laughs> so the bloated they can have as many fireworks as ours. All right, let's get into it. The Titans, oh, the Titans, eleven and seven. You add their two playoff wins to how they close their season, five in a row. I'll go even further back than that. Nine out of eleven. That's pretty good. They're one of the best teams in the league now. Everything's different now. But guess what? They go to KC. And Wes, the Chiefs just reminded everybody of what they are capable of when they get hot and they are hosting and they, I imagine, feel like if we could do what we did to Houston, we could do the same thing to another AFC South team. Absolutely. This mm. this team has blue chip players out their ears. Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Chris Jones, when he's healthy, we don't know. Honey Badger, the way he's played the last two months, all blue chip players. And then on Titans' side, you've got Derrick Henry. Maybe 
Kevin Byard, Jarrell Casey, Jeffrey Simmons. But mm. I think those guys are more red chip than blue chip. Jack Conklin, maybe, right tackle? Right. Taylor Lewan, red chip guys. I, I think the talent edge goes to Kansas City. But the reason why they could get banged in a big spot. Oh. This is three years in the making for the Titans. They had visions. They had dreams. They had an analytics-driven attack plan to get big and push small teams around. And this is, as Greg would say, styles make fights. Power versus speed as much as it could be. Titans power, we're talking. Henry, an offensive line that is mauling people. Jarrell Casey and Jonathan Simmons shutting down short yardage. Rashawn Evans becoming a star at linebacker. And Ryan Tannehill running over people at the sticks and at the goal line. You cannot forget his power when we talk about this. This, to me, their identity, this is a Titans identity that they've developed over the three years. They are a Belichick team. They are every. They could have drafted McCall Hardman's speed. They wanted A.J. Brown's physicality. Mm. They could have drafted Evan Ingram's speed. They wanted Jonu Smith's physicality. They could have drafted a wide receiver like D.J. Moore or Calvin Ridley. They wanted Rashawn Evans for his physicality in the middle of the defense. They have all these Belichick Patriots connections. Patrick Mahomes is 3-4 and four in his career, including the playoffs against the Belichick coaching tree, and 23-4 and four in all other games. Wow. I think this comes down to Henry versus Honey. Henry versus Honey Badger, one-on-one in the red <laughs> zone with the game on the line. Who wins? And, and I think it's Derrick Henry. Mm. And Honey Badger getting a lot of love this week for playing an excellent game. Last week, including the one play where he made had like a triple read, uh, made every right guess uh, on the the primary receiver, the secondary receiver covered them both, and then chased the quarterback out of bounds. Mm. So that is peak Honey Badger right there. I think the Titans probably look at Honey Badger, who's maybe the key guy in their defense with Chris Jones missing practice again, which is a just a massive loss for them if he doesn't play, and it, it's trending that way that he's well by the way Derrick Henry helping. ran all over Chris Jones in the yep. Chiefs in they, week 10. They, they ran pretty well against them before um, but it, it makes it so that they can attack the Chiefs weakness which is certainly run defense all season and I think where Honey Badger comes into play is a little bit um, like Earl Thomas came into play last week. Earl Thomas played a really good game overall made a bunch of plays was all over the field but he was victimized on that Khalif Raymond touchdown where he came forward for the play action. He bit pretty hard. He got totally out of position to the point where you didn't even see him on that play uh, on the TV copy. But his aggressiveness, his playing his hunches, which is what Honey Badger does exceedingly well, knowing what the defense or the offense is going to do before they do it. I think the Titans have the most dangerous play action game in the NFL, and they just haven't had to use it in the playoffs that much. And I think they'll use it, and I think they could victimize not only Honey Badger, but Sorensen, and I think you'll see more of it this week because I think Mike Vrabel, like Bill Belichick, knows, yes, styles make fights, but you got to adapt to the game you're in. And I don't think he's going to be thinking his defense can stop the Chiefs. He certainly didn't think that back in Week 10, and he was right. Well, I mean, this team, to your point that this this has been three years in the making... That, the champ is here. Okay. The champ is here. It's just that easy. The champ is Sweet. Here. Who's the champ in this case? The Kansas City Chiefs? I like that. <laughs> Want to play it again? I didn't order that hit for the... For I, no, that's... I didn't. No one did. Less for me to do. The champ is here. Okay. It is good. The drums...
Jada Kiss. I mean, he haven't heard him in a while. He gets a lot of money off that. Go ahead, Mark. Well, I just think it's encouraging that like Taylor Lewan and Jack Conklin are essentially like the n- metrics wise in the number one and two road grading tackles at this point that they're just they're this is what they wanted to be for so long and it never clicked with Mariota and it's clicked with Tannehill and it's not statistically based I know that he's got all these numbers that jump off the page but Derrick Henry is having they're the most lovable AFC title game underdog that I can really ever remember because of the way that they beat people up the way they don't really care what about the Patriots last year (laughs) <laughs> oh, yes, next to the Patriots. But Derrick Henry is doing something that, I mean, I think he's emerged as the most fascinating, important NFL figure around right now. And I'm including mm. quarterbacks because without him, they don't exist at all on this map where they are. And I get it that we talk about Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes left and right. But what Derrick Henry is doing in 2020, when everyone else wanted to be something else coming into this season, it's impossible for me not to sort of psychically just root for them to go in and, and, and win this game, even though I don't think that will happen. I, I All the points you're making are right. And on some level, Henry is unguardable, unstoppable, because for the most part, even last week, the Ravens had a pretty good plan against them. You know, probably 30 of his runs went for about 100 yards and then three of them popped. Three of them popped huge. And one of them was a 66-yard run where Matthew Judon, a 260-pound man who's about to be paid you know, $40 million guaranteed, it has Derrick Henry dead to rights in the, in the hole, one-on-one, and he hits him as hard as he can. With No one touched him. No blockers even touched him. And he just bounced off him like a little kid. And then Henry not only bounces off of him and goes, he knows what to do at the second level. I think that's what's different between him and, and other really good power backs who who bounce off that tackle. Then he has the vision where he sees where the safety's coming from and he gets away from the defensive back. And that's special. I mean, that's why he's putting up a run that we really haven't seen. And he's probably going to be able to do it again. It's just a question of that, if that's enough. Had 188 yards on him last time they met. I realize these games that happened more than four weeks ago, no one cares about that. I, I think that game tells us a little something, though. A little bit. In, in that, like, I think the Titans are banged. I feel like there's been an uptick in the Sessler what? tone when you do that. Yeah. When you say, well, it like no, because that. I think it's like this hot. It's sort of like I, we've everyone's there. Are 800 people attacking this game from like a take and a point thing. More so it's that. like jump on the that game just doesn't matter. This is a totally different <laughs> Packers team. It's like there is a reason it's going to matter. There is some connective DNA. I'm not saying the whole thing's the same, but that's fair. It's it's we're talking two months ago in Earth's history. This isn't like pre Mesozoic like <laughs> clash between two forces. It happened like a month and a half and, ago. I think I think the Titans Chiefs game does tell us some things too and I think the Titans are going to get banged if they roll out the same type of defensive game plan that they had last time. It was pretty obvious what Mike Vrabel thought going into that game which is just we can't match up with these guys. We're going to c- go out of what we normally do which is the mo- one of the most predominant man coverage teams in the NFL and we're going to play a lot of zone and we're going to see if Patrick Mahomes can slowly and steadily move the ball up and down the field against us and beat us. And I would say Mahomes didn't even play his best game. 
And you know what? They they still put up 500-plus yards. They still put up 32 points. They In the first half of that game, they were the Derrick Henry-type team, 48 plays to 19. For really, for the whole game, they dominated. And yes, the Titans did find a way to win with some big-time plays, one on D, you know, some big plays from Tannehill, Andy Reid, and Mahomes a little bit really struggling in game management. And maybe that's the route to do it. I don't think so, though. I think when you're going up against one of the best, most talented quarterbacks that you've ever seen and you're counting on them making mistakes for you to win the game, that that is trouble because there's matchup problems everywhere. And you have Mahomes at the absolute peak of his powers. That was his first game back. He missed some big time throws in that game, even though he had big numbers. And he's got Hardman. He's got Watkins. He's got Damian Williams, who now takes every snap. And I think that's an upgrade. He can test you horizontally and vertically and they don't have answers. You have a team that doesn't have a pass rush going up against the best passing team in the NFL and that's why I'm locking up the old Chiefs this week. Not because I I think the Titans are a better team than the Packers. I think the Titans uh, would be a fun team to root for in the Super Bowl. I've enjoyed them and I think they could give the Chiefs all they can handle. But I just think the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL and I think Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the NFL and and so I'm just going to take them. Well, you are forcing me to lock up the Titans. Yes! You got to be happy about that. I I know you didn't want to lock up the Packers. This is a... A long shot to even attempt to tie you, which I find to be would be rather dull end to the whole thing anyways. So probably I'll just get swept out. But if I ever won a lock off of the Titans in this game, I would just simply, I'll just take everything that I own and just throw it in the streets and just walk home. Uh, just so everyone knows, in the standings, Mark and I trail by two games behind Greg. So Greg just has to win, pick one winner either this weekend or in Su- or Super Bowl 54, and he's got the belt. He's got the strap. The Titans, their identity right now is to punch the bully in the face. They're not afraid, as their coach said, of the Patriots' pinstripes. They're not afraid of the ghost of Ray Lewis. And they're not afraid of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And I think right now, the best coach team in the NFL is the Tennessee Titans. I think they have an advantage on Andy Reid. I think Vrabel, he has every player on this team with a rule. You see guys like Khalif Raymond, Anthony Ferkser, Blossom game, Darius Jennings had a chance for a TD last week, even, even Marcus Mariota. Every player on this team has a rule. He empowers his coordinators to go for kill shots when it's, when it's needed. His management has been on, on fire, and I love the attitude this team plays with, their chemistry, uh, the confidence. They expect to win every single game right now. I, and let me, let me start a little segment called Let's Get Real with Research. Oh, new seg. New seg. Jeff Greenholz and the boys, they give us and girls voluminous Kenzie down there. information. And girls, yes. Yeah. But it's up to us to give context. And why do all the Chiefs' defensive stats start with since week 11? Because they played the Titans in week 10, and they dropped 35 points on them, and Derrick Henry ran all over them, and they haven't played a good offense since. And now they play an explosive, efficient offense for the first time in two months. And I think it's a different, without Mm. Chris Jones maybe, I think this is a different Titans team. Both teams are better than when they played in Week 10. I think they played a good offense last week, not as good as the Titans. And they didn't impress me, the Chiefs defense. I'm with you. It's a concern. And I'm with you on Vrabel. I think what he has and, and their staff has is a good sense of the game that they're in. You know what I mean? Like when they hit Raymond for that play-action pass, it wasn't like they dominated the Ravens, but they called all the right plays at the right time. He knew what his defense was capable of, I think, last week, and he was right to trust them, to play to it. 
I just think he knows he's not going to be in one of those games again. Because you, you went through all these reasons, and it's all true, but I just don't see the players on defense. It's not a good, it's not a good defense. It's fine. It's the, there. The it, Titans? Yeah, it's fine. Well, their defense and they gotta play the is Chiefs. playing great. Rashawn Evans is playing great. Kenny Vaccaro is playing the best football of his career. Their cornerbacks, which are a liability in, in – December are now an asset in January. Ty Smith and LaShawn Sims don't even see the field anymore, so it's a different secondary. I, I agree. They're about an average defense, but I think they're every bit as good as the Chiefs defense. That also better. And those, those yeah, I, I think they're better. Those I'm kinds really. of defenses can go on special runs, too, where it's not because you have two or three stars. And if anything, it was a week ago trying to rack your brain to figure out how, even with Derrick Henry, you could play keep away from the Ravens offense and they forced the they made the Ravens super uncomfortable. I think they paid they made New England's offense very uncomfortable and I don't think that's going to be a problem to do some of that in this game. My thing is you can't play keep away from Patrick Mahomes. Even the Texans fell into the best possible beginning to a game you could ever imagine and it wasn't nearly enough. It felt like the Chiefs had 120 minutes to work with to overcome that 24 nothing deficit because they score in 2 seconds. You can't just right. have 7 minute drives that result in field goals the- and hope you're going to Get it done against Kansas City. The game script could not have gone better, obviously, for the Titans last week, which is get ahead with two quick touchdowns, take the Ravens out of their game, and then you get to use – you have the best closer in the league. I mean, you have Derrick Henry who could then just ram the ball. Now, can they do the same – jumping ahead, that would be great, but can they do the same thing they've done the past two weeks in their playoff wins, which is – Give Derrick Henry the ball 30 to 35 times and then ask Ryan Tannehill to make about 15 passes, hit on 8 to 10 of them with a touchdown or two. Or do you need a much bigger effort than that? Because I don't know if anything will ever... There was nothing fluky about the Titans beating the Ravens last week, but that also was a perfect storm the way it developed for them, and that's what allowed them to really close out that game uh, in a really uh, impressive way. I don't see it playing out that way. No, That's they're going to need more from Tannehill, and he's capable of it, but they're going to need more. He's capable more. of it. It's been a, a few weeks now since we've seen that, but that, that to me is the big difference between this week and last week. I don't think they could expect to have another carbon copy of what happened uh, in Baltimore. I think too many people are underestimating Tannehill. The way he's played this year is the way we want quarterback to be played. He's been exceptionally accurate. He's throwing into tight windows. He has a strong arm. He's aggressive downfield, has athleticism to escape pressure and pick up first downs. His legs have been key in fourth quarter comebacks. He's shown great situational awareness. I just think he's been, even in the playoffs, he's played really well and people are sleeping because they're looking at box scores. I'm, I'm totally with you. I never said he didn't play well. Right. No, I'm, I'm not looking at box scores. No, he's going to need to do more. I he, think that's, He's just going to have to ball out. It can't be just Derrick Henry take us home. I agree. I think that's why I like the Chiefs. Because I think they do take the Titans a little bit out of their own game. Certainly on defense where they're a man team. And if you just play zone, you know, Mahomes is going to just eat you up. Um, and that's not what the Titans do best. They play man. They like to blitz. And that's so dangerous. Because I think Mahomes is getting to the point where he's so advanced mentally. It's just such a like combination of... He'll either kill you with the play call, Andy Reid, or they'll kill you with Patrick Mahomes making something up. And it's just, it's so dangerous. I just think he he makes an opponent, a defense, like fear everything. Because the second that you think you have a locked in, they'll probably do some sweep to McCole Hardman or it's a kick return by Hardman or, or Tyree Kill. And that goes for 70 yards. It's like they just have so many ways to beat you. I thought that Hardman kick return kind of got underrated as a, a moment the game Gooch. turned around yeah. at 24 nothing. That was Dan's pick to click. They needed the pick to click. <laughs> uh, what is it? 
game view viewcaster. All right, true view. True view. True view, baby. True view technology, you baby. You know, we love it, Bartlett. That true view technology. Check it out on Twitter. Check it out on Around Twitter. We did a video account. breaking down our favorite plays from the previous week. All right. Mark, pick the game. Well, I locked up the Titans, so I'm going to pick them two <laughs> to win 35-32. to 32. Oh, what a ball game. Wes. Well, I know my analysis has been all Titans, but I really do think that the Chiefs – trio of Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Kelsey is unstoppable. Mm. Um, but I I really think that Derrick Henry is also unstoppable against a soft run defense like the Chiefs have. I'm going 41-38 Titans win. Ooh-wee. Uh, I, this feels like a potential classic. Is there also a scenario where the Chiefs boat race the Titans? Yeah. They scored seven straight touchdowns last week. I will go Chiefs. <laughs> Laboring over it. It's a great one, but I go. I'll go Chiefs thirty-seven thirty. I got the Chiefs winning by by ten. I'm worried in a close game what happens with Andy Reid versus Mike Vrabel. Uh, I think there's a chance that they do get up a couple scores and that they win convincingly. Am I choosing that because that's what I want to happen? You're damn right. Whoops, I want we to. can't say that. Wes told me I'm not allowed to say that anymore. Hey, you're rolling. The Titans played. Here's a little underrated. One last little nugget. But I yeah, do think it, it could be a factor. The Titans defense played 92 snaps last week. That was the most by any team in any game in the entire 2019 season, including any overtime. They've been playing playoff football for a while. You want to be the 49ers, who played about 45 snaps on defense last week, coming off a bye. The Titans are coming off three tough games, and they played nine. 92 snaps, and they're about to go against the best offense in the NFL. You're begging. It's tough. It's a tough spot. 92 snaps. Come on. Don't you want to see Andy big red on the riser? That's what I – well, that oh, is I, what I want. I wanted it all along. And even Pat Mahomes. I love that I love that guy. You know, He's got plenty of time to do it, but big red, this is his moment. I said on this show that Chiefs aren't having another loss all season after their last loss, and and we're almost there. We're almost there. What do you get? Two more. Uh, I don't know. Maybe or the more Greg answer, Greg would say if we said that, you go like, and that's why they did it. They did it because yeah. you motivated them. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. Uh, we'll get Ryan Bartlett, the, our resident producer, Chiefs fan, to de- dig up that uh, to dig up that clip, and we'll play it on next season's <laughs> playoff sh- around the NFL show. That's what we'll do. <laughs> that's a little sideways shot at Sessler, I believe. Um, it was not a shot at Tesla. It was just, Bar- I feel nothing at this point. It was point. a reference point. Bartlett pulled me aside privately. Can we get a camera on Bartlett for this? Um, pulled me aside privately and said, if the Chiefs win on Sunday, I will strip nude and run down Washington Boulevard. Oh, wow. In really? In front of NFL Network headquarters. But Go Titans. Naked. But naked. Hiney really? Out. The whole thing. Whatever, whatever it takes, I will do. Who's shooting the social video? Erica? That. Um, damn. No, I think that's against policy. Yeah, <laughs> I'll uh, be busy, but Eric will be right behind you. You have to like go behind you. You have to go past the line that's outside the gun store a couple blocks away. <laughs> by the Just gun like store, by the mall. Say hi to them. Yeah. There's like a, there's like a line there on Sunday mornings. Yeah. That pop guns are that popular. I want you, there's okay. These are the things you have to run past. Uh, across the street from us, the really sad old age home where the ambulance is always outside. <laughs> you need to go uh, to the past the gun shop, past the mosque, past the Seven Eleven. Past the second 7-Eleven, and then when you get to the DMV, turn around and come back. That's quite a yeah. shot. 
I will. I'll have on an AFC Champions hat, though, because I'll have to have somewhere to put the GoPro. Wow. Of course. You will quickly yeah. be hauled in by the cops. Maybe. Come back to a 7-Eleven, by the way. Two, two 7-Elevens in a three-block uh, radius. It's Some a, will call that a flex. It's, it's outrageous. They're both jam-packed when you go in them, though, Greg. Maybe invest in a you know, banana hammock. Supply and no. demand. No Greg. banana Anybody Supply want a demand. Slurpee? <laughs> We're doing the real deal Holyfield. All right, so we will be back. Sunday night, yes, it is that time. When Next time you hear from us, we're going to know, all of us, the world will know who is playing at Super Bowl 54, and we're going to talk all about it, and it's going to be grand. I love it. Ricky, who's your pick for the Super Bowl? I I don't know. I kind of I kind of feel like it's going to be... Take in all the info that you were able to glean from this last hour and eight minutes. Or reject it entirely. I Another really just don't want Chiefs Packers, so I feel like it will be Chiefs 49ers. Okay. But you know who won't be in the game? The Patriots. <laughs> or the Jets. Well, I'm used to that. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. okay. It's nice. It's nice uh, yeah, for I can, work. I can relax. I'm going to yeah. Miami. I don't have to stress about the Patriots. I mean, come on. This is great. There was something about last year in particular, the Patriots ends and they rolled in for the weekend. Just the level of entitlement, the idea that this is our event, this is our weekend, this we build this now into our budget. Uh, there was no excitement. It was just like, this, we're here. It's our time to be here. At the Nothing game. short of obnoxious. And you look at the four teams left now. I couldn't have been more excited. The t- oh, please. Please. I said that yeah, that yeah. was my you favorite the one Super, that I Bowl, being Super Bowl victory I've seen live, and like you didn't believe me. four years ago, you said you don't care if the Patriots ever win another game. I said they didn't need to. But, but look at the, the, nice. the Packers and Niners. Those are two storied franchises that have been to the Super Bowl somewhat recently. However, the Titans and the Chiefs, one of those teams is going to the Super Bowl, and that's a fan base that's going to be on fire. Which means we're going to have so much fun at our live show Thursday before Super Bowl. That's right. Well done. So if you're coming into Miami, if those, if one of those four teams is your team, she, get your tickets now. Man, Chiefs fans will show up like crazy. And either the 49ers or Packers fans, they both will be mobbing. You kidding <laughs> me? You got, you got Kyle Shanahan. Like a, almost a direct descendant of Bill Walsh bringing them back to the, the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, Mike Shanahan makes his name under Bill Walsh, and here's his son Give it, returning to glory. If, if it's all on fan base and who will have the city the most hyped the weekend, give me Chiefs Packers. No, I I think Chiefs 49ers is the best. Super Bowl one rematch. Chiefs 49ers is the best football game. It's it's the two best teams left. Traveling fan bases, I kind of think Chiefs Packers mm. is the one. That's what I'm talking about. Not the game, just like the fans mm. and how amped and. Yeah, but Wes, you know how they are. You know, in the in the Northwest, you know, <laughs> Nashville might be coming down to Miami. <laughs> they they travel in droves. Look at a map. It's right in the West. middle of the country. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, that's it. Let's go. Dan Hans is signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, your boss. Ricky Hollywood, Ryan Bartlett, who will be nude potentially in about 96 hours. (laughs) (laughs) Till Sunday night, baby. You go into your shower feeling tired. 
But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.